He was afraid to play cards, lest he should lose his money. He couldn't dance, and for reading he had a kind of shyness, as though by giving himself away to a book he was endangering some mysterious part of his morality. So he walked up and down the deck a great deal, very proudly holding his head up and daring any stranger to speak to him, but secretly hoping that some stranger might. In New York, however, he was not lonely. That warmth and eagerness of hospitality which always astonishes every Englishman and sends him racing through strangely conflicting moods of suspicion, pride, and although he tries not to show it, sentimentality. These caught little Homer Brown by the throat and caused him to think that, after all, he must be a very fine fellow indeed. He started with a room at the Brayfort, but this was a little remote for his business, and in a very short while, he was staying with a Mr. and Mrs. Moody in West 69th Street. Mr. and Mrs. Moody were very quiet Americans. Mrs. Moody was so quiet that you had to listen very carefully if you wanted to hear what she had to say. Mr. Moody was stout and broad-shouldered, but oddly timorous for a Midwesterner. You would think to look at him that he would defy the world, but as a matter of simple fact, he couldn't defy a living thing. Englishmen are much more sentimental than Americans, but they are not, of course, so demonstrative. Little Homer conceived slowly a passion for the large, hearty, and gentle Mr. Moody. And Mr. Moody, having been brought up in the usual American creed that ten American men were worth only one American woman, was surprised that anybody should pay him much attention. And before Homer Brown returned to England, the two had formed a greater friendship than they knew. Homer Brown was delighted with New York. He loved to feel that every minute of the day was important, and it didn't matter to what you were hurrying, so long as you hurried. The noise around him excited him, as a small, rather lonely child is excited at a large children's party, where everybody shouts and sings for no especial reason. At home in Wimbledon, he always went to bed at ten o'clock. In New York, he found that he could be up till three or four in the morning and not feel at all tired the next day. At least this was so for the three weeks that his business kept him in New York. It is true that he slept on the boat returning to England for three days and nights, almost without a break. The sad thing was that back in London again, he found himself unsettled. He missed the noise, the hurry, the cold sharp air the sense of rise and fall, as though he was sailing on an invigorating sea of waves and buildings, and he missed very much indeed the warmth of pleasure with which people had treated him. No one in London said that they were delighted to meet you, but only, Hello, old man, haven't seen you about lately. No lady in London told him to his face that he was too amusing for anything, or that it had been just lovely being with him. And then, Oddly, he missed the large Mr. Moody. He had never missed a man's company before. He wrote him a rather affectionate letter, but received no answer. American men have time only for business letters. And so it arrived that he was very quick in manoeuvring to send himself back to New York again. He was amazed at his own eagerness when one fine spring day he found himself once more plunging through the Atlantic straining his eyes towards the Statue of Liberty. His first acute disappointment on arrival this time 
was to find that the Moody's were in Colorado. Mrs. Moody had not been well, and as Homer knew, the slightest wish on her part was immediate law to Mr. Moody. He had a sentimental feeling that he would like to be near their street, so he found two rooms in one of the West Sixties rather high up, and out of his window he could see on the left a huge building crashing to the ground, and on the right another structure slowly climbing to the sky. Although the Moody's were away, he was not, of course, alone in New York. He had a whole circle of acquaintances, and almost every evening he went to a party, bathed in the splendid glamour like a tired businessman having a holiday at the seaside. The summer came, and he did not return to England, and he did not leave New York. The Moody's were still away, and quite suddenly, one hot summer night, he discovered himself to be alone. He sat in front of his open window looking at the pale purple misty